All right. Welcome, everybody, to the third episode of Geek and You Shall Find, the podcast powered by Superhero Faces. I'm Kelsey Dickerson. We have Brad Fay, who is the co-founder of Superhero Faces and director of Geek and You Shall Find, a documentary that you can find on most streaming platforms. Uh, we got Noah Berlin joining us as well. He is an avid supporter of Superhero Faces and has lots of opinions on superhero stuff as well. Maybe you get a little producer credit here soon. I'm not sure. And then we also have a co-producer, Kate Faye as well, joining us, who is the sweetheart of this galaxy <laughs> and all of the universes that we're going to talk about. Now, today's episode is focused on uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. We're going to talk all about that, give you guys some Easter eggs, talk about our MVPs, LVPs, the whole shebang. But before we get into that, we want to make sure to hit you guys with some of the top nerdy news of that's happening this week working title <laughs> noah there's some stuff going on there, there really is drama. a lot of uh kind of sad but also some exciting um little leaks and easter eggs that have been popping up about the mcu and, and comic books in general uh first off Giancarlo esposito who is a famous actor best uh, best known for uh his role in breaking bad uh, he also has been in The Mandalorian. He was also in The Boys, uh, but he is rumored to be taking part in um, in a future project with the MCU. He had meetings with Kevin Feige, and they haven't announced exactly who he's going to be playing yet, but he came out and said that he would really like to play Professor X, which would be uh, interesting to see that take on it coming from Patrick Stewart, who everyone uh, knows and loves and has seen in, in many different movies. Uh, so that'll be really interesting there. Uh, Rosario Dawson, in an interview, she seems to have leaked that the Punisher, actor John Bernthal, will be reprising the role in the MCU. So I, for one, I'm very excited about that. I loved the Punisher, yes. Daredevil, his own, uh, his own show, as well as the Defenders on Netflix. So it's really nice that crossover is continuing through to the MCU. Uh, and lastly, the biggest news of the week, as far as I'm concerned, is the cancellation of DC's movie Batgirl. Uh, that kind of came out of nowhere. I don't know if you guys, <laughs> you guys saw this. Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces. Yeah, like I don't know about you, Brad and Kate, but yeah, it seems to be a lot of weird shit going on behind the scenes. Yeah. I don't know. It seems really shady. There's some shady <laughs> stuff going on. It's strange, and it seems to make a, a not much sense because this is not a project that was just getting off the ground. This is one that the filming was already completed. So obviously there was still some work to do, editing, post-production, that kind of stuff. But uh, the fact that they just went on and canceled it is um, head-scratching, to say the least. But, um, you know, it, it, so the rumor is that the reason it got canceled was that the test audiences rated the movie low. But at the same time, I read an article that said that the test audiences ranked Black Adam, which is still moving forward, uh, the exact same score. So it's strange for one of these projects to be canceled while the other is still uh, moving and being marketed by DCU uh, a ton. So kind of crazy, but we'll see what happens. The, the directors of Batgirl, uh, Adil LRB and Bilal Falah, apologies if I pronounced that wrong, but the two directors, <laughs> they also directed Miss Marvel. And so they, they shared a message uh, from Kevin Feige of the MCU, who kind of still congratulated them on, on the job that they did with Miss Marvel and told them he wishes them the best and is very proud of them and the work that they have done and will do in the future. So we'll see, hopefully the future is still bright for them and they get to have another project to be attached to. That's really interesting. So do you guys think like the only thing that can come to mind for me about totally canning a movie that is 100% done, spent millions of dollars on it. Obviously people were excited about it. There's never been a Batgirl movie and there's definitely been, you know, like hype around different characters that we haven't really seen before. Do you think it's because of like the star power that they think is gonna come with The Rock and that they think it's gonna do well in theaters anyways? Or why, why the hell would they do? That's so crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, if The Rock could sell tickets for a Rampage, I'm sure he's going to be able to sell tickets for like a superhero movie. So I'm sure that's not looked at as like as much of a risk, I guess. Yeah. But it's yeah. interesting because- in I read something today, some article about how they canceled it because it wasn't going to like tie in enough with like their future projects. But why wouldn't they plan that out beforehand? Like yeah. they didn't know. Really. think about that a long time ago. 
Yeah, I like how DC is worried about projects tying in together when they have three different actors playing the Joker right now. It's really a- <laughs> Yo, That literally sounds like one of those bullshit excuses that you're just like, uh, we just got to come up with something, like just put it out there yeah. so people don't yeah. think like, oh, we're canceling it because we don't think a woman actor or like, you know, especially like a woman of color, like, you know, playing this character. Because as we see, like, you know, a lot of people have we don't care about these people because diversity I think is key and seeing yourself on screen is absolutely amazing. But like, as we see a lot of these people tank purposely these movies or they try to at least um, when there's people or things that they don't agree with, which they can get over themselves. I just think it's really sad. And it's especially sad for that actor, actress. Like, I don't know if that was her breakout character. Like that might've been her breakout role. And it's like, imagine spending what, six months to a year doing a project like this, being like, I'm going to be in a superhero movie, which is so big right now. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. And, and beyond that, I was excited to see Michael Keaton back in his original mm -hmm. Tim Burton era Batman costume. That would have been nuts. <laughs> and JK Simmons back playing the tech or uh, commissioner Gordon, excuse me. So yeah, a lot of tie-ins there. Uh, and, and it would have been very cool. And also I want to say Brendan Fraser was supposed to be the villain in that. Oh, yeah. So, Did he like he gained weight, I think, for a role. I was it that? Just, I think he's just kind of fat now. No, but I did see that. No, stop. I did see an article that I think that he like purposely. Obviously, he's, <clears throat> his body has changed, just like all of ours do, does. But I thought I saw like he had gained weight for like the villain role. Maybe, maybe I'm just making excuses for love Brendan Fraser. Hey, listen, if I, if I got a little fluffy, I would say I did it for the role. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like, I was cast in Batgirl, you guys. I was going to be one of the villains. And it's just like, it, it, they totally canned it. And you're going to use that excuse in like 20 years. <laughs> it wasn't It wasn't the COVID-15. It was the, uh, the role I was, <laughs> I was researching. <laughs> Michael Keaton was going to be in this? Yeah, he was going to be Batman. Yeah. They See, released like a still photo of him with the Batgirl. Oh man, I didn't know. Um, so I had heard there's a big problem right now with them because they are still debating canceling the Flash movie. But I heard that movie explained so much of what, how Michael Keaton's Batman ended up here. And then now if they cancel that one, Aquaman 2 is not going to make sense because he's just suddenly around and kind of accepted. And they're like, yo, we're not gonna like address who's this other Batman all of a sudden. So now there's problems with like Aquaman too. And they're saying, do we need to do like re major reshoots if we do cancel Flash? So I'm wondering kind of if they did this and like, okay, let's test the waters before we announce a bigger cancellation that more people freak out about or something like that. I mean, it's like, you know, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but it seems like the Flash and the, the whole plotline of Flashpoint, which is going to be the central theme of that movie, is kind of the linchpin that ties this next round of DC movies together. And with all the, the craziness uh, involving Ezra Miller, uh, I'm sure that DC would love to just cancel that project because of him, excuse me, because of them. Uh, but yeah, they, they can't because none of the other projects would make any sense. So it's just really, it's an interesting, uh, hmm. interesting problem they're having. Which that totally goes against their number one reasoning for saying that they're canceling it is because it doesn't fit into any of the other projects when literally it's going to <laughs> fuck over two other projects. Yeah, yeah. Wild, wild. Oh, okay, so before we get into Thor, uh, one little quick thing that I want to say, it's going to be really, if Giancarlo does get the role of Professor X, which first of all, I don't know if anyone else can play Professor X, at least in my heart. Um, obviously, he's an amazing actor, but all we've ever really seen him in is like, he is a badass villain in almost everything that I've seen him in. So it's going to be really weird to see him play like a hero mentor role. I think they're going to make Professor X the bad guy. Is my oh, prediction. they're going to flip it. Yeah, because like he does like, he has a history of doing a lot of very dickish things. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's like, oh, he's Professor X. That's awesome. He's good. And then like you find out maybe his intentions of bringing the X-Men together were for like nefarious purposes or something else and you end up mm. getting which i don't know how audience will take that like like comic book readers are kind of used to professor x doing things and you're like damn that was like really fucked up but like <laughs> i think moviegoers might be like professor x wouldn't do that and like i don't know so i wonder how that'll go over but i'm just that's just assumption because i've never seen him play anything <laughs> other than a bad guy yeah and then it's almost like, okay, so then, I mean, if they do go that route, then it's like, oh, everything that Magneto does to try to take Professor X down, like, it makes sense. And you see the background on it. Well, hmm. that's the other thing. There's rumors, like, Magneto might 
I mean, in the animated series, they're saying he's going to be the leader of the X-Men. So I'm like, maybe they go that route in like the live action series and they're like, we're going to make Magneto the hero. Hmm. All right. Interesting. Cool. <laughs> yeah, Kate, would you like that? Different <laughs> I love Magneto. Reboot. I know. I think Kate, I think Kate probably likes Magneto the most out of any of us. I'm such a Professor X guy. Why do you love Magneto then? I don't know. I just really, I love Michael Fassbender as him, like in the early early movies um and I don't know I just think like he's a very layered character like sometimes you like kind of agree with what he's doing and then sometimes you're like okay no <laughs> which I think is what makes villains so great I have such a fascination fashion fascination 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 with villains uh yeah I think that's what makes a great villain because I mean we've seen so many movies where we're like oh we kind of actually agree with what they're doing like it kind of makes sense um speaking of villains so apparently rotten tomatoes has villainized what the fuck is that that your porn playing in the background that was siri this this is a family show noah come on um so (laughs) the villain of this podcast is noah but uh I don't know. So another thing of news that has been huge, definitely for MCU fans and Marvel fans, um, I guess Thor Love and Thunder had the number one spot for the worst MCU movie on Rotten Tomatoes, which really got us all thinking, how the hell can this happen? A lot of fans were disagreeing with it, you know? Um, so it really made us open our eyes. We looked at the rest of uh, the the worst ranked on Rotten Tomatoes and it really made us think, uh, we should rewatch these. We should see what the hell's going on here. See if we agree. Obviously, you know, so many superhero movies have been coming out over the last 10, 20 years. Um, it's definitely dominating the movie theaters. So we wanted to take a look back at some of the worst ranked movies And we're starting with Thor, Love and Thunder. Now for anyone who isn't familiar, maybe haven't watched, maybe watched one time, not familiar with it, maybe you don't know the rest of the universe. Noah, can you give us a little synopsis? Give us a little background on what this movie is, where we're at in the universe, what's been going on with Thor? Why is he loving, why is he thundering? What's going on? (laughs) <laughs> he's loving he's thundering yes <laughs> i wish i was doing that too uh, so thor love and thunder takes place during a strange time for the mcu following avengers endgame uh phase three of the marvel cinematic universe came to an end and with that the big bad of thanos as well as the infinity saga so phase four started with movies like black widow shang chi and eternals and there was ro- no real discernible connection tying in all of these films Some later projects like Loki, Spider-Man No Way Home, and then Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness provide an early framework of where the MCU is going and what has now been dubbed the multiverse saga. So Thor, we're interested to see how he fits into that whole multiverse saga and what's going to happen with him there. But the last time we saw Thor was at the conclusion of Avengers Endgame. He was still packing on those extra pounds and suffering from depression about the loss of his love, Dr. Jane Foster, in the second Thor movie, which was Thor The Dark World, as well as his failure to kill Thanos the first time and prevent the snap in Infinity War, the loss of both of his parents, the loss of his brother Loki, and the destruction of his planet Asgard. So a lot of, a lot of sad things going on in uh, the God of Thunder's world right now. But at the end of Avengers Endgame, Thor was seen leaving aboard the Milano with the Guardians of the Galaxy joining that team. Yeah, and like you mentioned, Noah, a lot of those things were addressed. Like, I mean, when you think about it, um, what makes really like, you know, that multi-layered character and like really makes us like love them. Obviously, in addition to them having these superpowers and just being like, you know, larger than life is having all those layers that we can really relate to. And it's pretty incredible, you know, for Thor, you kind of forget because they have made him such a kind of like a joke character in these last movies. Um, you really forget all the shit that he's been through, like really a lot, like lost almost his whole family, his planet. It's just pretty incredible. Um, so obviously being able to watch this movie Having that background, thank you, Noah, um, really got us thinking, you know, but before we get into whether we think it deserves to be on this list in the bottom 10 of uh, the MCU universe or the MCU movies for Rotten Tomatoes, um, I think we all have some MVPs 
definitely some LVPs as well. We'll let you know if we think this movie's an LVP itself. But Brad, did you have anyone that really stood out to you that you're like, yo, like they definitely stood out in, in this movie? Yeah, I mean, I think MVP, every, I, I, I'd be surprised if not everyone is in agreement that uh, Christian Bale um, just absolutely crushed it as the antagonist of the film. Um, just that, I mean, you know, him as an actor, you always know he's going to really just get into a character. And I mean, everything from, oh my God, what is it where he's a serial killer and American, American Psycho. Psycho. Like, you know, I mean, I mean, even before that too, but... You know, he's just someone who goes all in when he takes on a role, for better or for worse. Um, so I think he just really carried the film. But and also the way that character is handled in terms of like the lighting and the direct, like not to take away from all the other things that go into it in terms of like cinematography and the music score. You know, they were just the villain to me was the MVP of the film. Yeah, so for anyone who's not familiar, spoiler alert, so Gore is basically the god killer. Something really tragic happens to him in the beginning of the movie, and you really see his journey of being like, yo, fuck these gods. I don't give a, I don't give a shit about them, and it is my sole duty now. It's like, it is my purpose to kill every single god in every single universe. Um, Kate, Noah, do you guys agree with that MVP? Do you guys have other ones? Who really stood out, or what? Who or what stood out to you guys? <laughs> I mean, just to expand on on the talk about gore i mean gore the god butcher unless you're a big time comic fan i guarantee if you're a casual marvel fan or whatever i guarantee you don't know who this character is and christian bale is just such a a, a great actor as you said uh, brad uh, I, I can't agree more he was definitely the shining star of this movie to me and like to be honest with you the whole time i was watching him he kind of looked like a creepier better voldemort <laughs> Like, <laughs> very, like I was getting a lot of Voldemort vibes there and like then I'm just thinking it. about Harry Potter and I'm like man I wish this is how Voldemort should have been like because Voldemort's kind of like soft spoke and he was never like scary he was kind of like weird and like I don't know he wasn't even that creepy he should have been more creepy like like this so maybe maybe instead of uh Ralph Fiennes or whatever whoever Voldemort was they should have got Christian Bale but yeah or great character yeah, I have to agree as well. That was my MVP. I mean, he was just so creepy and like half the time I'm like, okay, he's like making sense here with these gods that are just like having orgies all the time and like not doing anything for these people that they're supposed to be like looking out for and stuff. So I'm like, I kind of get it. Um, <clears throat> so his makeup and everything was great. And then obviously his acting was just phenomenal, but you have to expect that. Um, yeah. I did have one more, Dr. Jane Foster, Mighty Thor. Um, I just thought it was so cool, like the strength that she showed throughout the movie of just like being a total badass while trying to fight something as, as serious as cancer. And then obviously at the end, you know, she sacrificed herself to, to go help Thor fight Gore. So yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, that's also something, you know, like we're talking about so many people can relate to, right? Like, you know, just seeing someone and channeling that inner superhero in them. A lot of us, you know, have had loved ones either lost to cancer or lost to something similar. So being able to see that and being able to, you know, it's just something that's really inspiring and something that, you know, superhero faces loves touching on in the first place of finding your own inner superhero. So to have someone who she was a badass in real life already, you know, she was a doctor, she was extremely smart. But being able to have like a normal person in this supernatural universe, like where everyone is usually saved by superheroes was really awesome. So I 1000% agree. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Gore uh, definitely took the cake for me as well. Now, okay, so speaking of that, obviously, I don't know, people saw something in this movie that made them rank it bad or make it, make them rank it bad. Make them rank it not good. well not well uh brad so since you let's stick with it you just did your mvp who was the lvp for you of this movie i've got so there's a quick one just to throw out there that really really bugged me at the end but this isn't my lvp i'll get, go to my lvp next but i thought it was really lame i thought tessa thompson absolutely killed it as king valkyrie she is an awesome performer i think the character is awesome but I really had a hard time sitting with the she got stabbed and kind of had to sit this one out when she mm. is such a badass. I think she should have been like 
just really messed up. Like, I think we should have seen her, like, you know, she was getting up telling Thor, wish I could go with you. And I was kind of like, damn, they're going to like sideline. It almost seemed like she had another acting like performance to go do in another movie. And they were like, oh crap, what could we do? I don't know. That character stabbed her at one point, say like, she's not in good shape to go. But I'm like, you know, with all these characters kind of, you know, fighting through, like you said, you know, with Jane Foster fighting through cancer and, you know, Thor going like, it just seemed kind of like a letdown to have like this badass character all of a sudden and be like, yeah, I kind of got in your Valkyrie. Like you're supposed to be like one of the most badasses and you're like, yeah, I got stabbed back there. So I, I don't think I'm going to join you this time. It seemed like kind of lame. Yeah. Also that didn't, oh, sorry, Noah, that didn't make sense to me either. Cause I thought like if a God was stabbed with that sword, like you're just a goner. Like I didn't, Things she was that it had to be stabbed with the lightning. Yeah, like the thunderbolt. Oh, okay. Thought she the, the lightning bolt. Oh, where the fuck was I? So I, I would have just liked to have seen her suck it up a little bit more, but mm-hmm. well, it, my, it's weird because usually um when there's kind of plot lines in, in shows and movies, it's just like pretty obvious that they just needed something for this character to do, just like so they're doing some pointless adventure or whatever it might be. And so that's kind of the way I felt with all the kids. Uh, in that last scene um, where they're kind of involved in in the battle uh, in a big way. And to me, it just seemed like, well, they got to give these kids something to do. So that's why they did that. But then again, they went the opposite direction with Tessa Thompson, who was such a a big part of the movie, where then all of a sudden they sidelined her, which just seemed a little strange. But my LVP, and I know this is going to surprise everyone, I would say the Guardians of the Galaxy. It was like a big letdown hat. And I did not expect them to be in the movie much. I knew it was going to be, okay, we're going to get a cute opening fight sequence. And then Thor is going to go about his way. This is a Thor movie. He's going to go off and have his own solo adventure. So it wasn't like I was let down that they didn't do the, do the whole like as guardians of the unit, you know, galaxy type thing. But I don't know if anyone other than Star-Lord even really spoke, you know, like I'm like, it was really like just like a wasted opportunity to have like a cool scene with this cool group that plays off each other really well. And I'm like, that, that just didn't need to even be in this. So I just thought that was like a letdown, you know, considering like how much I look forward to seeing those characters interacting with each other in Thor. Yeah, again, it kind of goes back to like making kind of Thor almost like a jokey character where it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, clearly they've been fighting together for all this time. And then they really try to drive home like hey like the gardens of the galaxy is like sick of thor they want to get rid of him like and then for thor to be like oh like you can have my ship or whatever and he's like you're giving me back my own ship so it's like it's just one of those things that didn't really make sense and it it just was like a lazy way just to be like okay like now this is thor he needs to go off on his own like i agree like even when he was over there fighting or like helping like in the opening scene with like hey like we need your help like then they're just all sitting there standing there and it's like okay like i doubt that's what they're doing on every single planet like that makes no sense to me right yeah Yeah. that's a really good point kelsey i forgot that they were like losing and they're like we can't even do anything we need thor to help us which seems really odd because it's not really like that in their own movies exactly they're badass in their movies yeah they're fighting drax you know and like (laughs) They've had that, and now like these chipmunks, they're they're like out mad. Like it, been- it was like birds, birds on motorcycles. Yeah, like Mad Max, like <laughs> weird been Muppet shit. It was like a villain they could have taken out, but did it to a peace store because he needed like the self esteem boost. Like that would have been cute, you know. Like do something like that. Like okay, we're gonna be like Thor. We need you. We can't do this without you. Help. But yeah, so I just thought that whole you know their inclusion was kind of a waste. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, so that's kind of basically goes into this next one. Kate, did you have any unsung heroes, like anyone that you thought maybe didn't get enough screen time? Maybe like, you know, their storyline should have been upped more. Was there anyone that you were like, yo, why aren't we focusing more on this? Okay. Well, my first unsung heroes, obviously the screaming goats. Love the screaming goats. <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting for when I thought those were going to show up in the MVPs for sure. And I was flabbergasted that no one said goats in the MVP. I love them. They like almost carried the movie for me, but no, <laughs> no. Um, they did actually like save all of them a couple of times. Um, so that was funny. They were hilarious. It was funny when they were on the, the ship with the Guardians of the Galaxy in the beginning and they just were making all the noise. <laughs> 
And Thor's like, it's okay. If they keep acting like this, we could use them for meat. And then they're like, oh, they're like, great. <laughs> new people for meeting new people. <laughs> I love those goats. I need, I need the names of them. I need their backstories, where they came from. Like, I need another spin-off. movie on the goats. Goat spinoff. <laughs> just screaming for two hours <laughs> um some other ones that I had were I did put Gore on there just because like he was so awesome and like not that he was like underused but I could have like seen even more of him just because it was so creepy so badass so well acted um and then I did also put, like, we were talking, like, about that scene where they went to, um, I forget what it's called, but basically, like, the Mount Olympus with all the gods um, in that arena. And it was kind of long and drawn out and didn't really seem totally necessary, but I kind of did love Russell Crowe as a really asshole Zeus so I don't know that I like needed more of it but I really liked his little part in there um and I know he was in a post scene credit so maybe he'll show up in the next movie I don't know uh also an unsung hero is his Greek accent (laughs) it was uh quite authentic (laughs) and all of his little like you know his little uh brothel of women I guess around him was great um yeah I agree uh so honestly like I thought there were so many great scenes in this movie I think we you guys have already all touched on it um anything with gore for me was the best scene like but I think what takes the cake besides Jane Foster sacrificing herself you know showing up you know what's going to happen and like you just see that moment between her and Thor and it's like you know that unrequited love that like everyone hopes for in their life right uh, obviously not hoping for your loved ones die uh while in battle against the god killer but um the scene where they're all tied up by gore and he's it's basically him just kind of going around and like the lighting and the drama and like his every single one of like his lines was just absolutely amazing so for me that scene absolutely took the cake and to your point like i kind of wish there was more gore um gore the character but also I kind of wish that they would have gone that route for a lot of this movie of like the more like darker like almost kind of scary like a gore's character was very like scary and like creepy and just you know you just never really know what he's going to be doing or what's going to happen with him so I kind of wish they had a little bit more of that um I don't know did anyone else have like I think you guys disagree with me. I think you guys have another best scene that <laughs> that, we that, that was about a before. great scene, and like everyone killed. I mean, just like you know, Chris Hensworth and Tessa Thompson, like everyone, the acting they all did, you know, Natalie Portman, th- those three actors, like just what they did with their eyes, like without being able to mouth a single word, like just shows like how how like amazing like this whole like cast was like in this movie and like yeah. you know it's hard like Chris Hemsworth like are you really gonna be like what a brilliant acting performance like you know when he's it's kind of jokey and stuff like that but it shows like that these actors are able to take advantage of those moments to like still shine that yeah, was a I, scene, though. this is not uh, as consequential of of course I, I loved that scene too and the black and white was just a very uh, a really cool touch for for the scene but uh when towards the beginning and they they did a scene like this in Thor Ragnarok as well when they had the theater troupe playing the events of a previous <laughs> Marvel situation and they actually did the scene of Thor Ragnarok with Matt Damon playing Loki <laughs> and Sam Neill played Odin uh, and actually Chris Hemsworth's brother Luke Hemsworth played Thor and then uh, Melissa McCarthy came out playing Helen and it's just it's so funny um, the way that they do that and they kind of joke but they're you know self-aware and I just I really like that that scene as well. I think that's a good ode too like you know especially when like the Zeus scene comes later like you're talking about okay like you know Mount Olympus type thing you know that's kind of that's like what like ancient Greeks and Romans did anyways like you know they did all these things to tell the stories of the gods so I thought that was cute and it was honestly that was probably one of the funniest things and I think it was like what really well done that was meant to be funny and it wasn't like overly done which I think this movie does a lot of yeah I agree all right now 
we're trying to stay positive here because I thought this was a great movie, but, and I mean, we're talking about like, you know, there's a lot of great scenes, a lot of great things about this, but was there any lines in particular that really stood out to you? Kate, I think you had a few good ones that we talked about before. Yeah. So in the very beginning, kind of when they show Gore going from, you know, this, grieving father to this like god butcher um his origin if you will oh, <laughs> how long were you sitting on there that Kate? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's literally written in my notes so okay too um <laughs> anyway when he gets the sword um the god I, I don't remember what his name was but that sun god or whatever said like oh you're cursed now and he says, it doesn't feel like a curse. It feels like a promise. So this is my vow. All gods will die. And that just like is a really badass quote and just like really sets him up, I think, for the movie. You're just like, oh, oh, shit, this guy's going to like wreak some havoc and um, he's on a mission. So like that really stuck out to me as a really cool quote. And then I thought it was really sweet. Um in the Guardians of the Galaxy part, like at the beginning, when Star-Lord is kind of talking to Thor and trying to hype him up a little bit because he knows he's like not, he's down a little bit. So he said, you ever feel lost? Just look into the eyes of the people that you love. And I thought that was very sweet. Which also is like one of like the funny moments too, yes. is like then when he's looking up at his crew and <laughs> Thor like comes like, was like- Creeping in. Trying to like funny. have him look him in the eye. <laughs> Not you, not you, Thor. He's just like looking like as he's kicking him off of his own ship. Oh man. Did anyone else have any other lines or are we good to move on to the cringe? Because you know that Marvel loves to do cringe, especially with Thor. Brad, I'm looking at you. You're the king yeah, of cringe. Um, <laughs> my biggest, and I'm sure I'm I'm overthinking this and it's not a big part of the movie. But the little gag about the Infinity Cones um, ice cream shop, it was just such a bad, like, I get the joke. And I thought it was hilarious. Oh, hey, we made this a new tourist attraction. And we're doing, like, all this cheesy, hokey stuff that you would do on a tour. I get it. But all the people Thanos killed, I'm like, to make, like, I'm like, as disconnected as some people are in culture. I'm like, I really don't see anyone being like, we should build a Thanos ice cream shop here. Remember that guy who like killed a bunch of people? Because even though if oh, everyone yeah. got snapped away, it came back, even if you call that a wash, which it isn't, people still died like during those fight sequences when his monsters are all crashing in. So I'm like, who really was like, let's build an ice cream shop here. So I just you don't like you don't want to go to like the Hitler's hoagies or what? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like for real like I'm like come on like unless the joke is like yo people are so in bad taste that they would do something like this this is just showing that so I'm like maybe they were trying to do that but I just thought it was like really dumb I didn't even catch that I didn't Noah even. what was your cringe moment I still can't get over the Hitler's hoagies. I'm sorry. <laughs> Please, no one. Also, I'm, I'm, my, my brain is just going right now, trying to think of other dictators and just terrible people and then trying to associate the food item with them. So that, that's what I'm doing now. Thank you for that. Um, the Stalin you know, <laughs> subway. Um, you know, Brad, I, I agree with you though. Um, and I didn't think about it along the lines of the, the infinity cones. Like I didn't, wasn't thinking about that, but just the whole concept of turning new Asgard into the tourist destination and making it to like a Disneyland with rides. Like it just it was just weird. Like, I don't know why they, they did that. It didn't serve any purpose. I don't think like, because it, it, it's a tourist destination and it's a theme park, but all, but at the same time, it's also a, a village where people live and it's a haven for refugees of Asgard and other planets, but it's also just an actual city in Iceland or whatever. I, I don't know. The whole thing was just strange and didn't really make much sense to me. So I don't know why they made the choice to to go that direction with new Asgard. Yeah, I like um, one of the things like, and I know they were kind of going for this. So I really enjoy it's very loosely based on in the comic books when Asgard, Asgard at one point is kind of sitting above, I think it's like Montana. And it's a really good storyline because it's this chunk floating of Asgard and that's where all the people live. 
And everyone's like, oh, this is kind of cool. We have all these gods living here. But then the gods come down and they drink all their alcohol. They're using up the resources <laughs> and then going back up and like kind of doing their own thing. And it's like, yo, they're kind of just like sucking us dry at this point. So I think they were kind of playing off the whole like that aspect of it was Zeus and those gods that didn't care about people and, you know, and stuff like that. But yeah, I agree with you. Like it was kind of weird set up as like the tour. And I don't think it added anything to it. Other than maybe being like a joke, you know, to, well, this is what would happen in real life. They would turn this place into Disneyland, but I don't know. And I think that's a good segue too. Like, I think that, and Kelsey, I agree with you. I actually, we'll get into our rankings and everything and whether um, this movie deserved uh, the hate and the low ranking that it got. Um, And and it wasn't necessarily a cringe for me, but I just, the, the biggest problem that I have with it is just how heavy handed uh, the director Taika Waititi, who I, I love, um, decided to get with the humor, um, mm-hmm. both with mm-hmm. Thor's character uh, and just everything in the entire movie had to be a joke. Um, like exactly like we're talking about here with, with New Asgard. It just doesn't, it didn't all need to be like this, right? And Thor, I, I think the, the movie Right with Ragnarok was really successful. It really changed the the dimension of the character of Thor, made people care about him, gave him uh, this humorous aspect to him that, that made people love him. Um, but I think to me, this movie seemed a lot of, it seemed a lot like they saw what worked in Ragnarok and okay, let's do the exact same thing, but but turn it up a notch. And and I just don't think they needed to do that um, because there's a lot of elements that, that we touched on before where this character is severely depressed. He's going through a lot of things, his entire families that he, he witnessed his entire planet get destroyed. Um, and he blamed himself for a lot of it and the love of his life. I mean, it just all of these things are happening to him and they really could have um, made it a, a much more layered character instead of just someone that treated every conversation, every situation as a joke. Um, and the humor- they almost they almost made him stupid in a lot of it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and that's exactly. the thing. Like, Thor was badass, and like he was badass in this movie. I'm not saying he wasn't, but there were ele- there were there were times when you're watching scenes and you're just like, okay, he's joking, he's being stupid here. Like he's gonna end up messing something up because that's what a, a character that acts dumb like that does. And it's just like that's not the way that you would think the god of thunder would actually be uh and you know which is how badass we've seen him before so it, it was just a strange um a, a strange decision on on my uh from my perspective yeah like this yeah. it seems like i love the arc they're taking that character but to me he's like the and maybe this is like how we are in real life he's very much like two steps forward two steps back like when he doesn't have like the connect to be like oh i just destroyed these guys's temple like i get it that's like humor relief but like i'm like he's not that stupid and disconnected or if he had been the whole time then i think that'd be really cool that then when he goes to where zeus and all of them are and he sees like how inconsiderate like a lot of these gods are of like thor went in he got he was hungry for battle this temple got destroyed it's a big haha moment like he don't give a shit like so I get that, but it seems like he should have moved past that at this point already. Like, it seems like enough other things where he should have had that awakening. It shouldn't. It seems like every movie, they just take him back to basics and then build him back up to, oh, look, he's learned that there's more to life than battle and stuff like that. And it's just like the same recycled story. Yeah. So, I mean, going with that, um, just to kind of like, you know, kind of put a bow on this, like, Kate, do you think that this movie deserves the hate to... I don't know if it's still there. I guess I think maybe some Thor fans have come in and like helped its its Rotten Tomatoes ranking. But obviously, everyone was really shocked for this to be the lowest ranking MCU movie. What do you think about the hate for it? Like, do you think it deserves it? Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. I mean, it it has its problems and its flaws, like we've discussed. Um, and it seems like it doesn't really super tie in with what the MCU is doing right now. So I'm not sure like where it's gonna fall or um, what's gonna be really important from it, like moving forward. Um, And it kind of lost some direction where it's like, you know, trying to be really funny, but at the same time, it had like some really serious things going on. Um, But at the, I don't get why people are ranking it so low. I don't, I definitely don't think it's in, the bottom 10 of MCU movies. Like, I do not think it deserves the hate that it's getting right now. Um, it was still entertaining. It still made me laugh a couple times, 
like we said, we all agree that the villain was like incredible and they did a really great job with that. So I don't get why people are hating on it so hard. I agree. I think you guys have all definitely hit the nail on the head of like, we think that this could have been a really great movie. We don't necessarily agree what they're doing with the character or even the storyline. I think this could have been definitely, especially for the ending of this movie. I think that's going to be like my, not even the biggest problem that I have with this, but like, it just really, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me where they're going after Gore this whole time. They finally get him. He's up there. He's about to make his wish to like, what we think in our heads is to kill all of the gods. And we've seen like the repercussions that we've, that it's had of, you know, obviously not all gods are good, but like, you know, it's like, he's killing whole planets. And like, you know, that's, it's just been like, like very detrimental to all these different universes. And then all of a sudden Thor is like, you know what, I'm choosing love when it's, it could have been a much deeper movie with a lot more deeper things that we're seeing with Thor and like, conversations or even just seeing more of like the interactions with gore or like, you know, all these different things. So I think maybe people had higher hopes for it because of Ragnarok, but to your point, they lean too hard on making him a joke. They lean too hard on the humor, which didn't make sense in a lot of it, or was just like stupid. And like, you know, it just was kind of like very surface level to me for that kind of ending. Um, So Kate, you said you don't think it belongs in the bottom 10. I agree with you 100%. Brad, Noah, where would you guys rank it? Does it deserve to be in the bottom 10? Noah, what do you think? Um, I definitely say no. I mean, I've definitely been critical a little bit about the movie and what it could have been, but I think that's just because these are awesome characters and and we know what could be possible uh, with stories of them, especially when they have a villain that's so, um, so deep, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think this is a, a middle of the road um, MC movie. I, I really liked it. It's not one of the best though. And I definitely don't think it's one of the worst. I'd say if I were to rank it, um, I'd put it right. I'd probably put it uh, right above Captain Marvel, above uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Um, movies like that, you know, right around the kind of Doctor Strange area um, is where I would put it, but right in the middle of the road. Yeah. It's like, it keeps you watching. Like, it's not like you're like, oh my God, I can't sit through this, obviously. So Brad, do you agree with that assessment or where would you rank it? Yeah. Like I I definitely don't think it deserves a hate it's got. I don't know. Like, I I don't think off like top of my head, I definitely don't think it'd be bottom 10 movies. Like maybe if I looked at it, I'd be like, oh crap, it's hard. It's It's always different when you rank from first to worst versus going the like opposite way. I always wonder like how that would affect, but I'm like, you know what, if I was you know, it was entertaining. There were a lot of really redeeming things about it that I thought were really, really good. So is it a movie worth bashing? Like, I don't know what your expectations were. Like, it was fun. It was, you know, like some parts made you laugh. Like, it's kind of what you should have ex- anticipated going in. Yeah. All right. So before we let you guys know what we're going to be discussing next week, which you might be able to have an idea, um, where do you guys think this is going to go? So obviously at the end, um, you know, you see Thor, He's with that adorable little girl who was brought back because Gore, obviously that was his wish was to bring back his, his, um, his loving, the love of his life, his child, like, you know, obviously, which is what set the, off this whole thing in motion. Um, and she's recreated in um, Eternity's Light. Is that what they said? Like, or Eternity's like being or whatever. Um, so where do you guys think it's going to go from here? Because we see them fighting together at the end. So obviously they're kind of doing the same thing that Thor was doing anyways. It's just now he's with this little girl. Do we think that's going to be expanded? Do we think they're just kind of kind of leave it and they're going to like do another Avengers type thing? Noah, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Uh, it's tough to say because on the surface, this seems like another one of phase four's kind of inconsequential movies. I mean, Gore wasn't in the movie or in the MCU before this and now he's dead, right? But nothing really changes other than Thor has another uh, little sidekick. Um, Jane Foster is now dead, but she hasn't been in the MCU in a long time. So it seems like not much is changing in the MCU based on the events of this movie. Um, there might be some little Easter eggs that, that were planted, one that I'll touch on in a moment, which could be a little clue about how this could potentially tie into the larger multiverse saga. But yeah, it, it's really hard to say. Yeah. Kate, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with Noah. I don't really know 
where it's going from here um, and what they're planning. I don't think that they're going to have the little girl, which I guess is love. <laughs> I, I don't think they're going to have her continue. And I don't think she's going to like be fighting alongside Thor. I mean, I could totally be wrong. Maybe they have like big plans for her, but um, I don't know. I don't see her being like a big part of the MCU going forward. Okay. I completely disagree. I think it, I think that makes this movie worse. <laughs> like, yeah, there's no reason. Depend. Yeah. Like if they don't do anything with that and the next time we see Thor, he's like, oh, I dropped love off with a babysitter and I'm on my own again. I'd be like, you know, like I think they, they have to do something with it. That's the whole like buildup. And like, you know, I think from a narrative device, it's really hard to do a solo superhero movie. That's why you see so many team ups. It's like part of what we like is like, I mean, for like narrative devices, you need the character to have someone to talk to so they're not talking to themselves. But I also think as viewers, like that's where a lot of like conflict comes from and stuff. So I think I don't see them being able to pull off a Thor movie where he's just like completely by himself off on a mission. I think they need to incorporate love a little bit more and be like, yo, there was a reason. Like he no longer has his Guardians of the Galaxy. He now found someone that he has a genuine relationship with that works both ways let's see where this goes rather than just getting rid of that story really quick. Yeah, so this was the second time that that I saw Love and Thunder was in preparation of this podcast here. And I noticed something- Nerd. <laughs> um, we all are, aren't we? Isn't that kind of a <laughs> <laughs> um, But I noticed something in the second watch uh, that I didn't notice the first time. And that's that after Gore, makes his wish at eternity right he he wishes to bring back his daughter and they do a kind of camera shift where the silhouette of eternity becomes becomes the daughter but before you see her material materialize into um the little girl she looks like it's a silhouette with the cosmos all in the stars and everything uh, within that. And really what that reminds me of, what that looks a lot like is the character Singularity from the Marvel comics. And Singularity is, is uh, it's a relatively newer character. I think she came about in the Secret Wars events of 2015. And um, as you know, the culmination of this whole multiverse saga is going to be uh, what the Kang Dynasty and the Secret Wars. So if somehow she turns out to be love the daughter turns out to be the singularity who is one of the most uh, most powerful cosmic entities in the galaxy um who knows i mean that could be the tie in right there with this movie going into the multiverse saga is actually the daughter uh, so we'll see. And, and really, I hope that's the case or something similar because like you said Brad, if not and there's just nothing that ties us in, it just seems kind of like eh yeah, it's like, what's the point? All yeah. right, so was that your Easter egg that you mentioned earlier? Do you have more? No, it was, it was. Okay. Brad, I think you said you had an Easter egg too. I'm really bad. I'm um, horrible at finding Easter eggs because first of all, I'm blind and I can't hear. So it's like, <laughs> I'm like, and obviously I haven't watched a lot of these movies. So, <laughs> which is part of the whole reason why we're doing this is to kind of help me out. So thanks guys. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, like I spotted a few. I did have like one question that I wanted to ask if this is me, me being nitpicky because like I'm always trying to look for the positive in these movies. Like, so I always hope someone can like correct me and be like, no, actually because of this. And I'm like, okay, cool. I can feel better about it. Does it bother you guys? Thor obviously knew about, uh, crap, what is it called? Like where you get the one wish, Infinity? Eternity. Eternity. Thor knew about Eternity already going into this movie. Knew that there was this thing that existed because, you know, they explain it. Like, you know, Valkyrie explains when, when Jane Foster was like, what is that? So this is like a thing that's known to exist. Does it bother anyone that Thor never brought this up as an option? Anytime they were going through shit in the MCU, like Thanos snapping away half the universe and they're trying to develop a plan how to bring back all these people wouldn't Thor have said, yo, there's this thing out there that grants you a wish. We just have to figure out how to reach it. Yeah. I mean, the way that I took it is that it was kind of like a myth, like a legend that no one actually thought existed. And then maybe this is what I told myself or to make it make sense. Yeah, and I'll take that. Like, yeah, I'll um, take it. Like, I, yeah, I never really thought of it. Even when they, they talked about it in this, I never thought about it as something that everyone knew about. Just they weren't trying to get it. But like, it was definitely a possibility. Like, I didn't I didn't feel that way. And to me, it was that when, when Zeus talked about it, when he brought it up, 
that was like the confirmation that like holy shit this is real even though they didn't really do okay. that like look i just needed something like that because i'm like otherwise that's like a big problem for me is like thor had all these people like creating time travel and stuff when he knew a potential option that he should have like tossed out there yeah yeah i guess like but obviously to your point like i mean zeus didn't seem that worried about it he's like oh he's never gonna get there but then i think wasn't there something with like jane foster was the one that kind of figured out like oh he needs the axe yeah. like that's why so i think without jane foster being in endgame that conclusion would have never happened but i don't know how then gore knew all of it like, right, like he was just a regular that. person no no that that what happened was they knew so basically the bifrost was controlled by heimdall who yeah had the big sword and obviously he died in infinity war when um when stormbreaker was created stormbreaker had the power to channel the bifrost and that's how you see at the end of infinity war when groot rocket and thor come down it's like one of the most badass scenes in, in all of the mcu and they just he just wrecks shit uh in, on the field in wakanda and so what it was is that there was kind of like stormbreaker in this was being glitchy and jane foster was the one to figure out that no we just need a vessel to channel this bifrost through and that's how they kind of fix uh the fixed stormbreaker on the Asgardian ship thing to get to that one planet that that's what that was um I don't think it was her that came up with anything about right, she saw the it. plans exactly like oh well, she figured this out and Gorn knew and figured out. Gorn knew that he needed the Bifrost to get to eternity and so he's like all right how could I get the Bifrost I could get Stormbreaker and that was his plan all right well I clearly understood all of that <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think we're all in agreement. Uh, Thor, Love and Thunder does not deserve all the hate that it has gotten, especially recently. I We all thought it was enjoyable. Definitely some things that can be uh, improved, obviously. Um, but yeah, any last thoughts before we reveal our next movie that we'll be seeing if it deserves the hate, which I think we're gonna be very divided next week. Yeah, guys, obviously we had some uh, categories we've talked about here, cringiest moment and best scene and, and so on and so on. But there's a bunch of like little one-offs of things that we might've liked, things we might've disliked about this movie. So can you guys talk a little bit about some of these things we might not have touched on yet that you still were worth talking about, whether they were good or bad? Because I, I have some myself. But I, got, I, got, I got one that I was going to oh, make an unsung hero. I was going to say like, shout out to the puppeteers in the movie. Like I was really glad that they were like, that puppets were used, like as weird as that, like seems like a small thing, but as someone who like isn't big in the CGI and thinks like CGI gets overused and kind of get it, like they really use, like we talked about those creatures that they were fighting at the beginning, like those were puppets. And then when they do, did the big shot of the place where Zeus was, like a lot of that was done by puppeteers and stuff like that. So I was what? like, I'm really <laughs> glad that like then, yeah, like, like there's like a lot of like dark crystal kind of like it just gives it a different feel like i'm like it seems so easy to just rely on cgi that i was glad they like did some outside the box and added some like texture to it i guess and like did something that marvel just seems so heavily reliant on brad goes to one adult puppet show and now all of a sudden is such a puppet fan <laughs> for like, life <laughs> puppets are much better than cgi i think if baby yoda was or sorry grogu was cgi i don't think people would like them as much like puppets go further i think that's why star wars i think that's why the star wars prequels get shit on so much partly is because it was all cgi you had yoda being cgi all of a sudden and i think that's why in the new movies and like the mandalorian and stuff they're starting to get back into the puppet stuff because like i just think that works differently with audiences and like cgi computer crap no i didn't realize this is a hot take but CGI Yoda is way better than, and I'm not talking about Grogu, I'm talking about Yoda Yoda. CGI Yoda, who's flipping around, having lightsaber battles, yeah. is way better than puppet Yoda. A thousand percent, I agree. He's so <laughs> badass. Yeah, when he fucking starts doing all that shit in that cave, wrecking shit up, oh yeah, he's yeah. 20 million years old, however old he is. Like, you couldn't yeah. do that with a puppet. No. Um, no. if, if you watch the new Dark Crystal series, you could do some incredible fight sequences with puppets. And 
I never thought of this. Yoda aged like a lot really quick. How was he doing that? Prequels and the Empire Strikes Back, which what? It's like 17 years later. I curled up in bed. Like, I'm like, he really like aged very quickly. Obi-Wan too. He went to the Obi-Wan Kenobi school of uh, aging. (laughs) Those 17 years, man, they they took years off of people. They seen some shit in those 17 years. Uh, Speaking of shit. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, Kate, okay, go ahead. Do you guys have any other things? I'll, I'll just say some of mine, I guess. Uh, I loved in this one, it was an element we'd never seen before. Uh, obviously, Mjolnir has been in uh, a number of different movies throughout the Thors of the Avengers, all that stuff. But it was very cool oh, having Mjolnir yeah. broken. And then all of a sudden, when Mighty Thor, when Jane Foster is wielding it, it's able to break apart and just kind of almost like yeah. a shotgun where it shoots yeah. all the little shotgun shells. Or like a grenade coming off, which is really cool. Then it could come back together. That was really badass. I really liked how they did that. Um, I thought that the joke, which uh, I think they ended up overusing it a little bit, but the whole concept of jealous Stormbreaker was very funny to me, particularly when he's like, he's like motioning, trying to get uh, <laughs> your back, and then Stormbreaker comes from the side and is like, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was a very funny thing. Uh, and then I already mentioned how Gore reminded me of like a better creepier Voldemort and to take that Harry Potter comparison one step further is when Korg got um got destroyed basically and he was just a face mm. and Valkyrie had to tie the face into the back of her head and it reminded me of in the Sorcerer's Stone when uh Professor Quirrell had Voldemort's face in the back of his head too so it was like two different Voldemort wow. references in my mind uh, maybe I'm the only one that, that thought about this but two different Voldemort things in this movie I just thought that was kind and of funny. the snake he had the snake remember he just beheaded he it like quickly. yeah <laughs> oh yeah he ripped his head off <laughs> all right well unless Kate has any other I will just say and I know that you guys would disagree with me because you guys mentioned it being badass earlier in this uh pod but I hated the scene with the kids like when they all got powers and they were fighting I thought it was so bad like I hate things like that where they give kids like when they make them either smarter than they are like you're like no kid would ever do that or say that or like all of a sudden these kids are just like super badass like they've been fighting their whole lives like they're like 50 years old they've been fighting even Jane Foster who clearly had been like having you know these powers for a while was still struggling with some of her stuff but all of a sudden these kids can just like get powers in two seconds and just be like wrecking these shadow monsters I thought that was so corny I thought it was also to your point earlier, like it was just something it was like, just we got to do something with these kids, like besides just sitting here, even though they said 10 million times that they were scared the whole time they're scared. Obviously they're still going to be scared. They're not going to know how to use their powers. And then they had stupid scenes where it's like the girl was like dancing with her teddy bear and then like slice the thing and then like do this over here. And I was like, that's just was, I hated it. I, I, truly, I yeah, oh, I'm a shadow monster. Kids in general, Kelsey. What do you what do you think about kids in general? <laughs> um, I don't prefer them. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, okay, but like at the end, like you know, when that girl is like out there and they're like fighting together, like I thought that was awesome. Like you know what I mean? So it's like there's a way to do it. I just thought that was shitty. Okay. I didn't like it. Okay, loved All it. Right. November rain. It's just different. Like they've never done anything like that with like a group of kids and. It was kind of weird, like, how Thor was able to, like, give them his power for, like, a couple minutes. Like, I'm not really sure how that works or, like, why that's never been, like, talked about before. But yeah, I thought it was kind of cool, especially with, like, the song in the background and, like, um, that one guy's kid um, was, like, jumping through the air and, like, he looked really cool. I'm Doll's kid. Yeah. Astrid, aka Axel. Yes. <laughs> a lot of Guns N' Roses uh, references in this movie. Yeah. I don't know. To your point, Kate, it's like, okay, that's like another thing like that was never referenced before, like could have been like a very easy, like, you know, I was like, why not give all of New York like his power and then be done with like Thor, or, like give the whole world, give 7 billion people like the power to fight and then. Because yeah, what like, could go wrong if you give the whole world superpowers? Well, it's just temporary, right? So whatever. And it's like, they all don't want to die. Like there's this like big, huge guy that's like trying to kill half the population. Like you don't think they're going to be like, yeah, I don't really want to take the chance. If you like, run around be... sharing powers willy-nilly, you have to be responsible with you it. You think kids are fucking <laughs> responsible? You think a five-year-old's going to know what to do? Like 
there's whole series about like, I mean, whole, like the boys is a perfect example of like this kid, like fucking Homelander threw him off of the roof. He couldn't even fly. Like, you know what I mean? And he's been a superhero his whole life. Like, you know, I know that like they hadn't like built up his thing, but like, yeah, that's exactly a good point. It's like, okay, like, well, the kids, why, how would all of a sudden they just know how to, how to use their powers? Yo, listen, and it, fight these things. If all of a sudden I was given lightning powers and it's going to happen for 15 minutes, I'm going to, I'm not going and spending 15 minutes fighting Thanos. I'm going to Best Buy, <laughs> use the lightning powers and get me a new TV. Like that, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm about to do. <laughs> yeah, well, your ass is going to get blipped. Like, cause absolutely like, <laughs> so enjoy that two minute TV. <laughs> yeah, but in four years when I come back, though, it's going to be a nice, uh... <laughs> we'll be waiting for you. That's, you know what you're gonna be the one person that doesn't come back because of like that bullshit he's like we give you power to fight this guy and like no your ass is not coming back <laughs> <laughs> all right shit all right so we all agree thor love and thunder definitely did not deserve the hate that it that it got next week we're gonna be seeing if eternals which i think now is back to the number one position i think it was there before now it's back to the number one of the bottom 10 mcu movies on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, we're definitely going to have a lot of differing opinions. Uh, we've already kind of talked about this before, but we're going to rewatch it, let you guys know our thoughts. If you guys have a movie out there that you love us to talk about, show that you love us to talk about, that you think is getting hate, that it doesn't deserve, or maybe something that's getting too much love, that deserves a little bit more hate and a little bit of different fresh eyes perspective, let us know in the comments. Make sure to share. Not Please make sure to... <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> Did you say the Batman? All right. So Noah has already put in uh, his thoughts about it. You guys, please let us know as well. Make sure to follow. You see all of our handles right there, including Brad. Uh, he doesn't have social media, but follow us at Superhero Faces on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Unfortunately, Instagram is Superhero underscore Faces because we have password problems. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us this week. Please make sure to share. Please make sure to follow and leave your thoughts in the comments below. Did we hit it or did we not? See you next week. Bye, guys.